Hello and welcome to another episode of Ever Evolving with Your Holistic Healer. My name is Catherine and today I'm going to share six life lessons that have made me a better person that have all come from raising my dog. (laughs) And I know that might sound a little bit weird, but being highly sensitive, and I'm sure you'll understand this as well, I have this ability to kind of delve a bit deeper into life and the meaning of life and everything I look at I see like some kind of like life lesson or some beautiful experience or something so raising my dog was a no exception for that now these life lessons I know even though they have been learned through my dog are a hundred percent applicable to everyone especially to highly sensitive people So make sure you listen all the way to the end. Now, before sharing these life lessons, I'll give you a bit more of an idea of what my dog is like, because this is a very important thing to note. So typically being highly sensitive, I've also managed to attract a highly sensitive dog. And Rufus, bless him, he is quite a big dog. He's only nine months now, but he, he weighs half of my body weight. Um, so he's a big dog and he is also a little bit of an anxious little soul. Um, we got him from a breeder, but I swear I got no idea what they did to him there because he has been a nervous wreck right from the minute that we got him. Like he's scared of loud noises. Um, he was terrified of people for a really long time. He was scared of other dogs. He was just scared of absolutely everything. And my partner and I have put so much time and energy and effort into helping him to not be as afraid and helping him to desensitize to things that scare him. Um, And because of that, the past six months of having him have been a really wild ride and such a journey. Um, But because he is highly sensitive and is a bit anxious, well, not a bit, very anxious, it, it really did help me to, like these life lessons were really magnified through his sensitivity and through his anxiety, which is again, why I feel like they're really important lessons that I wanted to share with you. So the first lesson that I was reminded of is that there is no guidebook for life and that everyone has their own opinions and experiences and no one's opinion or experience is right over someone else's. Like, Everyone's experiences are correct for themselves, but just because they're correct for you doesn't mean that they're correct for someone else. And that's okay. Because before we got Rufus, I read all of these books on how to have a perfect puppy and how I can train him properly. And, you know, I felt like I was so prepared and I was like, great, this is going to be amazing. But it ended up backfiring because in all of these different books that I read, these Instagram accounts, these TikToks, like the Google articles, they were all different because they were all written from the personal experiences and opinions of each trainer. And that's okay. But it became really overwhelming for me because I was like, which one is right? And that's, that it was my big life lesson is that I spent more time stressing about making sure that I was like trying to do it right and train him right that I missed out on enjoying him as a puppy. And it was a massive, massive realization in the importance of using my own discernment and listening to my own intuition. 
understanding that there is no perfect, there is no right way. And that just because someone says to do it one way doesn't mean that it's right for me. And the same thing for you, just because I might be sharing uh, like some of my realizations and some of my experiences and tips and tools on healing and self-development doesn't mean that it's right for you. I'll aim to share lots of different things in order to be able to provide you with as many alternatives and options to support yourself as possible. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to decide what feels right for you. You are your own best guide and teacher and healer. And then the second life lesson from this is trying to control life and force things to look the way that you expect them or the way that you think they should look only causes you more stress. So in my frenzy of reading all the books and looking at all the things, I saw that pretty much like the blanket rule that everyone was saying is like, give your dog a treat when it does something good because dogs love food. Yay. We all, we all need food. We love food. We need food to survive, whatever. But Rufus loves toys and sniffing more than he likes treats. So he was all good in the apartment. I would give him treats, teach him how to sit and like come when he's called and all of those basic things. But the minute that we were outside of the apartment, he just wants to sniff because his breed is actually uh, a hunting breed. So he's a poodle cross German pointer and German pointers they, they're hunting dogs. They love to have a job to do. They love to have a purpose. So as soon as we would leave the apartment, Rufus is just sniffing around, trying to hunt, trying to, you know, pick up the sense of the day and did not care for a treat that was shoved in his face. So I kept getting frustrated and I'm like, how am I going to train this dog when he doesn't, doesn't listen and respond to treats? Like, like everyone says he should. So I actually realized that he he enjoys playing with his toys more than he likes treats when we're outside. So now I have like this little squeaky ball and I'm just like crazy person walking around with a squeaky ball getting my dog's attention, but it works. And the thing is, if I tried to keep giving Rufus treats to train him like I thought I should and kept trying to make the situation and the experience of training him look how I thought it should, then I would have just gotten more and more frustrated and more and more disappointed. Instead of actually looking at him as a dog and realizing and and working with what works best for him and what makes him happy. And that's the same for us as humans. The more that we try to force ourselves to be something that we're not, to fit into a box, to expect situations, expect life to look the way we think it should look, then the more stress we cause ourselves in the long run. Now, the third life lesson is that some things take time. So be patient, celebrate the little wins. So with Rufus's uh, extreme anxiety, when we first got him, he refused to go for a walk outside of the apartment. So he would kind of walk up and down the hill outside our place but like only one side of the hill and then he would only go left he didn't want to go right so we could only walk him up and down a hill and just around our apartment complex and again this is an energetic puppy with a lot of energy to burn so we would have to be downstairs at like six o'clock in the morning trying to throw the ball quietly for him 
in the garden and not wake up anyone because um the the garden is like right next to people's windows um like our neighbor's windows so and it was really difficult um just trying to get him to do anything and burn off all of his energy and he would just like he just would refuse to go where where we wanted him to go and because he was scared the more we would try to push him and force him the worse he would respond so I was, um, I, I'm quite an impatient person and I had all these visions of, you know, having, having my dog and taking him on these beautiful walks in the morning as the sun rises. And then here we are, we can't even walk him further than around the apartment. So I was being pretty impatient and also, you know, expecting, wanting things to look the way that I expected them to, but that's not what was that, that wasn't the lesson I was here to learn. The lesson I was here to learn is to be patient and to let things go. So we ended up slowly getting him to walk further. And now he's nine months old and he can walk pretty much anywhere now. Like he's, he's all good. Um, but we had to, to my partner and I, we had to really take things slow and celebrate the little wins. Like, you know, instead of only going left, you know, one day he started be, being okay going right. And walking all the way down, you know, a different part of, of the road and celebrating the fact that when someone walked towards us, Rufus wasn't terrified, he would be okay. Because also when we got him, if he saw anyone outside when we were walking him, he would pull and freak out and try to run away. So it the whole thing took a lot of time and a lot of patience, but like, it, I mean, it felt like it took a lot of time, but really it probably only took like four months, but it, at the time it felt like it was taking forever. It felt like he was never going to be okay. And he was always going to be terrified. And now when I look back on it, it's kind of like just a little blip on the radar. So it's just a reminder that some things do take time. There isn't always a quick fix. You can't always wave a magic wand there's no, you know, like one tool that's going to heal everything. Some things just take time. So be patient and celebrate the little wins and the little shifts that that kind of come up as you grow and as you develop. Now, the fourth life lesson that I learned is that sometimes you need to take action to heal because there's only so much you can do and so much you can heal from while you're staying in the same space. So the last dog I had before Rufus was a rescue dog and I rescued him with my ex-fiance over 10 years ago now. And I loved this dog with every part of my being. And this dog was kind of like my companion because my relationship with my ex-fiance wasn't great. And at that time I was suffering from depression, anxiety, um, I had gotten to the point that I wouldn't leave the house on my own. I was so terrified of other people's judgment that I was kind of just a shell of myself. So this dog was my, like my, my support dog. He was my, he was my lifeline. Um, but because we had rescued him, he had actually been abused before we got him and he was a pit bull. So when he all of a sudden like and I to this day I have no idea how it happened but he just started becoming aggressive and the the abuse that he experienced when he was younger just suddenly just kind of clicked in his brain and he started to yeah to to display these aggressive tendencies and we took him to trainers we took him to behaviorists but 
they said because of his his abuse and because of his size there was nothing we could really do um the the damage had unfortunately already been done and we had to get the dog put down and it was it was horrible it was absolutely heartbreaking it was one of the first real I mean, to be fair, my, no, I was going to say one of the first real losses that I'd experienced, but my grandfather had died when I was a lot younger, but I was a child, but it was the first loss of my adult life that really hit me hard. Um, and I, I had my dog's name as my passwords, like everything. Like I would, I was honoring this dog in some way for at least 10 years after he had died. Um, but because of that, I was also really hesitant to get another dog and open my heart up again because of the the insane amount of pain that it had caused the first time. So when we got Rufus, I actually started crying probably a few days before we got him. And then I was started to really grieve the loss of my last dog during this time and getting Rufus and training him and and just even you know, the action of of moving on from that past event helped the old wounds to come to the surface so that they could heal. And it's kind of like when you're when you've experienced a painful breakup or a difficult relationship and you're you're single and you're trying to to prepare yourself for another relationship, you're ready to meet someone. Um there's almost only so much that you can do on your own while you're single until you actually, you know, take action and are able to get into a relationship to be able to, to see any other wounding from a relationship that needs to come up in order to be healed. Like you can't prove to yourself that, that you will be with someone who will treat you well until you're with someone who is going to treat you well. So there's only so much mental preparation you can do and until it's time to actually take action. And that was what, that was another life lesson that I learned through getting Rufus. Now, the fifth life lesson that I learned is that feeling safe is integral to our body's functioning. And to be honest, this is something that I did know and it's something that I have bought into my practice and I help my clients with this idea of feeling safe and connecting with safety and security and belonging from within. But I saw it on a completely different level with Rufus. So being so anxious, when we first got Rufus, he wouldn't drink water or eat or go to the toilet when he was outside of our apartment or somewhere that he wasn't comfortable. And to be fair, he still won't do it to this day. He really is a, is a sucker for a safe space. Um, like the other day I was taking him outside to go toilet and he was like all ready to go. And then someone like rode by on a bicycle and it just really shocked him and, and shocked Rufus. So then that wasn't ready to poop anymore. So then we had to walk around again for another 10 minutes until we felt comfortable and safe too. And this is because when we are anxious and we do feel unsafe, then our body is kind of like on alert. We're in this, this state called fight or flight where we're looking for, for, for danger. We're always looking outside of us. And when that happens, our bodies focus on, on being alert and looking outside of us. So we're not focused on things like digestion um, or being able to yeah, go to the toilet. 
So when you are able, when you do feel safe, when you do feel more regulated, when you are able to feel comfortable in your surroundings, in who you are and where you are, then you are really able to flourish. And this is something that applies for both animals and humans alike. So it was just really interesting to to see this in real life. You know, after experiencing it myself, I had stomach pains and digestion issues for oh the first like 25 years of my life until I started to heal my emotional pain and my emotional trauma it was only then that I started to feel safe within myself and my body then started to to also feel safe and relax and my physical pains really uh, diminished Um, so yeah it was just really interesting watching Rufus experience something similar as well And the final life lesson, number six, is you need to focus on the root cause and not the symptom in order to heal and flourish. Now, this principle is really the cornerstone of my work. And I got a beautiful reminder of it again from the lovely Rufus and his um, anxiety and his tendency to bark. So he will bark still if he hears like one of the neighbors closing the door upstairs. So, I mean, we live in an apartment block, so people are opening and closing doors quite regularly. So it's something that we've had to desensitize him to and train him through because whenever he hears the door banging, he, he's, he tries to protect us and let us know like, Oh, there's someone coming. Um, But anyway, when I was Googling what to do to help a dog with barking, the results on Google kept coming up saying, I'll give them a bark collar. And what these bark collars do is they will like electroshock the dog or do something to the dog to then scare them or stop them from barking. But the thing is, Rufus is barking because he's scared. So then giving him something else to be scared of in the form of a bark collar will then be completely redundant in what we're trying to achieve. And his fear won't go away. His fear will end up just coming out in different ways. Like most dogs do that, that bite are doing it because they're afraid. And so if, if we tried to, you know, put this collar on him and make him even more scared of us and more scared of life, then he would probably end up maybe even becoming aggressive or becoming destructive and chewing things as a way to let out this anxious energy. So it was just another reminder that you need to look at the root cause, not the symptom. Because if we tried to, again, just focus on the barking and stopping him from barking, then that's not healing and working on his anxiety. So it was just another beautiful reminder for us to look at his anxiety, look at what he's getting scared of and why, and help him with that. Not tell him to stop barking because that's not going to do anything. Because when you look at the symptom and not the root cause, it's almost like growing an apple tree in your backyard and then cutting off the branches and expecting the the tree to suddenly sprout oranges. You're not going to get a different fruit if you're only dealing with the branches. If you want a different fruit, you need to pull out the tree, look at the roots and start again. You need to plant a new tree. So looking at the root is so important because if you continually just focus on symptoms like being anxious um, or taking on people's pain or overthinking 
or people pleasing or over analyzing, then you're never going to get to the why. You're never going to get to the root if you just try to stop the actual symptom and to stop the action. Now, a lot of the times in these experiences or in these situations that I've just mentioned, people pleasing and overthinking and overanalyzing can all tend to come from just pain from the past that we haven't released. It can come from habits and experiences that have maybe told us that it's not safe for us to listen to ourselves. It's not safe for us to trust ourselves and that we need to do things for other people or overthink and constantly be worrying about the future in order to stay safe and to stay in control. So when you actually look at the root, then you're able to prevent the the root cause becoming something else. You can nip it in the bud and actually really heal it at the source. So that wraps it up for the life lessons. And I just wanted to give you a little reminder as well that no matter what you're going through and what you're experiencing, that you are doing the absolute best that you can. I know that when we were going through all of this stuff with Rufus, when he was barking and then the neighbors were complaining and then he was like nipping at me for attention and just, you know, all of this stuff, I was feeling so overwhelmed and so exhausted. And I was thinking, you know, like, is there something I'm doing wrong? Is there something that I can do better? But really, at the end of the day, he's a dog. And I keep, I kept trying to control him and control the experience without really taking into consideration that not everything is on me. And that's the same thing I want to share with you. Not everything is on you. You are not responsible for the actions of other people. All you can do is be responsible for yourself and your life and just do the best that you can every single day. And your best might look different every single day. Maybe you might be having a really tough day and 50%, you, you giving 50% is you giving your all. Some days you might be able to give like 100%. Some days, like I know when, I'm, um, when I've got my period and when I'm, my hormones are shifting, I don't have the capacity to give my all. So I structure my days and my expectations around that and knowing that it's okay to, to not give my all at some times and it's just okay to do the best you possibly can. So again, this is your reminder of all of these really, I think they're, they're like, really big life lessons to be honest so make sure that you bookmark this episode I don't even know what you had how do you save a podcast I actually don't know how you save a podcast but maybe screenshot it and remind yourself to go back to it um I also made a post on Instagram um with these life lessons so you can always go and save that because for the life of me I don't know how you save a podcast you can definitely follow it and subscribe to make sure that you um can get keep it in your library. You can download it. I think that's how you save it, right? Yeah, you can download it. Anyway, hold on to it if it feels right. And if any of these have resonated with you, uh, if something's really jumped out or if there's something that has like sparked a little seed of questioning within you and you want to chat a little bit more about how we can maybe work together then send me a dm on instagram or have a look at my website and you can always book in a free call as well to chat if you have any questions 
but I hope you have a beautiful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for taking the time out to listen. I hope it has given you, like I said, yeah, some some nice little nuggets of wisdom. And if you feel called to, uh, you can always pop in a little review if something has really resonated with you as well.